Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Greg Patton looks at truck drivers, mega churches, and seniors. But first, we have an important look at headlines from the end times. We're just two days away from our Summer Online Prophecy Conference. This Friday, you'll have full access to 10 different speakers, all online and all on demand. Watch when you want, as often as you want. From Friday, July 15th through July 24th, you'll have complete access to special sessions by Michael Hoggard, Kamal Salim, Micah Van Hus, J.R. Church, Rob Linstead, Larry Spargimino, Noah Hutchings, Doc Marquis, Ambassador Henry Cooper, and Eric Barger. Register today for the Summer Online Prophecy Conference by visiting the events section of our website, swrc.com, or by calling 1-800-652-1144. Larry Spargimino and James Collins are here with another installment of Headlines from the End Times. Welcome to Headlines from the End Times. In the days of the Old Testament prophets, God said to appoint a man to stand guard on the wall. The watchman would scan the horizon for signs of danger. When an enemy was spotted making advances on the city, the watchman would sound the alarm. Each day we see more and more signs that point to the soon return of Jesus Christ. Join us now as we seek to make sense of the nonsense and sound the alarm of the truth of Bible prophecy in current events. For Dr. Larry Spargimino, I'm James Collins reporting. Our first story is from New York, where last month the National Football League announced that football is gay and also lesbian, queer, and transgender. The NFL posted a video to its Twitter account in honor of Pride Month, writing, If you love this game, you are welcome here. Football is for all. Football is for everyone. The NFL stands by the LGBTQ plus community today and every day. Sadly, this is just another example of how woke the National Football League has become. This is the same organization that punished Tim Tebow for taking a knee to pray, but applauded Colin Kaepernick when he kneeled in protest at the playing of the national anthem. In a related story, the United States Marine Corps also celebrated Pride Month by tweeting an image featuring rainbow bullets. The image pictured a Marine helmet adorned with six bullets, each a different color, compromising a rainbow. Along with the image, the Marine Corps tweeted, Throughout June, the U.S. Marine Corps takes pride in recognizing and honoring the contributions of our LGBTQ service members. Maybe the United States Marine Corps should focus on what's actually important to the nation's defense. China and Russia are bolstering up their ranks with masculinity, understanding its necessity. While we seem to be celebrating sexual choices and gender changes in our military. Perhaps the Marines should focus on building warriors and less about a liberal woke agenda. President Joe Biden's Department of State followed suit posting celebratory Pride Month posts on social media. One of the images posted by the Department of State featured a pride flag flying over the State Department headquarters in Washington. Yes, they took down the American flag and replaced it with the gay pride flag. 
allowing the LGBTQ plus flag to be flown over the State Department and government buildings does not present a united policy front abroad. Rather, it will send confused and uncoordinated messages to our allies as well as our enemies. The Biden administration and Secretary of State Blinken should direct that henceforth only the stars and stripes fly over government buildings. In other news, the Biden administration, through the Department of Housing and Urban Development, recently issued a new directive that intends to remove any distinctions between the two sexes. The directive was clearly designed to target Christian schools and churches simply because of their beliefs about marriage and biological sex. The directive states that if any college or university maintains single-sex dorms and locker rooms, they could face six-figure fines, government investigations and lawsuits, and even criminal charges. A small Missouri-based Christian college, College of the Ozarks, decided to stand up for biblical values and challenged the Biden administration's directive. On behalf of College of the Ozarks, the Alliance Defending Freedom argued at the U.S. Court of Appeals that the school should not have to violate its faith by allowing men and women to share dorm rooms, showers, and private spaces. The bottom line is this policy, if upheld by the courts, would force Christian colleges to choose between violating their faith or closing their schools. We should pray that God will grant victory so that College of the Ozarks and other Christian institutions can govern themselves according to biblical tradition and beliefs. Here is another story from the culture war. In a recently leaked video, a Disney official is shown bragging about, quote, adding queerness, close quote, to children's programming. The video was released as the Walt Disney Company faced scrutiny and criticism surrounding its initial response to a parental rights bill that was passed in Florida. As a result, a new poll conducted by the Christian Post shows that 70% of Americans are less likely to do business with Disney due to its LGBTQ plus activism. Disney is creating content to expose young children to sexual perversion. The Walt Disney Company's wholehearted embrace of the LGBTQ plus movement has made it very clear that conservative Christians have no place visiting their parks and watching their programming. You can clearly see that the magic is gone. In a related story, the reboot of DC Comics' Superman comic book series featuring woke storylines has not showed strength in sales numbers. The new storyline involves the son of the original Superman working as a climate activist as well as an advocate for illegal immigration. He is also a bisexual who dates a male reporter. Sales of the new comic book have reportedly tanked since DC replaced Clark Kent with his millennial son, Jonathan Kent. Two things are obvious. First, the agenda that DC Comics has adopted is the progressive woke agenda. Second, since children are the target audience of comic books, they are pushing their woke garbage on kids. Let's hope that the new bisexual Superman fails to fly with readers. Our next story comes to us again from our nation's capital, where the Biden administration has funded the distribution of crack pipes to drug addicts for the purpose of, quote, advancing racial equity, close quotes. 
This according to the Washington Free Beacon. A spokesman for the Department of Health and Human Services said that the distributed crack pipes will provide safer pipes for drug addicts to use when they smoke crack cocaine, crystal methamphetamine, or any illicit substance. The grant program will cost American taxpayers $30 million and is meant to help minorities who may not have the income to purchase a crack pipe. This is just more stupidity coming out of Washington. Accommodating crack addicts and their addiction is just one more crackpot idea seeping out of the bureaucratic swamp on the Potomac. Think about this. We are funding crack addicts and defunding the police. What's wrong is right, and what's right is wrong. Speaking of defunding the police, a new report from the National Fraternal Order of Police the oldest and largest police union in the United States, said that 2021 was the bloodiest year in history for American law enforcement officers. The report showed that 346 police officers were shot in the line of duty, 63 of whom were killed. Another disturbing trend is that there were 95 ambush-style attacks in 2021. Ambush-style attacks against officers were up 115% in 2021 compared to 2020. One of the officers murdered was Sergeant Marlene Ritmanik, age 49, a Bradley, Illinois police officer. She was murdered in cold blood as she and Officer Tyler Bailey, age 27, investigated a noise complaint. The assailant, Darius Sullivan, took Sergeant Ritmanik's own gun and executed her with it. Sergeant Ritmanik begged for her life before Sullivan killed her and shot her partner. She said, just leave. You don't have to do this. Please just go. Please don't. Please don't. Despite her pleas, Sullivan allegedly shot Ritmanik twice in the neck with her own gun. The war on the police continues in this country with tragic news like this almost every day. Chaos reigns in cities where liberal politicians have made defunding the police a priority. Cities such as Minneapolis, Portland, and Chicago have seen a huge spike in crime, including a record number of murders this past year. There is no doubt that the defund the police movement has created an erosion of respect for law enforcement and has fueled more aggression towards police officers than we have seen in previous years. As violence continues to be aimed at law enforcement, our officers continue to show up every day to keep the communities they serve safe. These men and women run toward danger to protect the public when everyone else is running away. Our next story comes to us from Washington, D.C., where a national historic site is in transition. Ford's Theater lives in American infamy as the site where Abraham Lincoln, the 16th United States president, was fatally shot by John Wilkes Booth back in April of 1865. The theater is a national historical site managed by the National Park Service. However, an official social media account belonging to Ford's Theater recently questioned why Lincoln has been put, quote, on a pedestal in American history, close quote. The Twitter account of Ford's Theater solicited suggestions from social media users on a more useful, more complex, or more realistic way to remember Lincoln. President Lincoln, who was a Republican, has in recent years been attacked by revisionist historians who do not see his contributions to our country as significant. 
Little by little, the rewriting of our history is being done to accommodate the woke culture. The Ford's Theater social media fiasco comes on the heels of the Biden administration ordering the National Archives and Records Administration to declare that America's founding documents may be harmful or difficult for some users to view since they reflect, quote, outdated, biased, offensive, and possibly violent views and opinions, close quote. To caution readers before they access digital copies of the offensive documents, which include the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights, the Biden administration has posted a harmful language alert above the entire online catalog. The statement says that some of our founding documents may contain racist, sexist, ableist, misogynistic, misogynoir, and xenophobic opinions and attitudes, and may be discriminatory toward or exclude diverse views of sexuality, gender, and religion, close quotes. The federal government is under the control of leftist ideologues who hold the history of America in contempt. This outrageous action is just the tip of the liberal iceberg, but it is a visible indicator of their vile agenda. In other news affecting Americans' pocketbooks, the cost of living continues to rise. Recently, former Trump campaign advisor Steve Cortez was interviewed about President Biden's out-of-control inflation crisis, warning the official numbers being reported are likely much lower than the true rate of inflation Americans are currently experiencing. According to Cortez, who cites a Charles Schwab analysis on essentials like gas, food, and utility bills, the true rate of inflation is nearly three times the 8.5 to 8.6% rate that is being reported. In reality, it is hovering somewhere around 24 to 25% for everyday necessities that Americans cannot go without, Cortez claimed. So this is utilities, food, at home, not dining out at restaurants and gasoline. These are necessities. These are things that people don't have the luxury of passing up on to live in the United States of America. For those items, we are at a high since 1980 of 25% inflation. Unfortunately, the prospects of a turnaround anytime soon are looking bleak as Biden and the Democrats steamroll ahead with their destructive anti-American agenda. Our last story today is another example of the apostasy that is plaguing our country. A recent poll has revealed that most Catholics and mainline Protestants believe that faith in God is not required to enter heaven. More than three years after Pope Francis sparked a firestorm of religious debate by telling a young boy that his deceased atheist father might still end up in heaven, a new study from the Pew Research Center shows that a majority of Catholic and mainline Christians also believe people who don't believe in God will go to heaven. In discussing American views on the afterlife, the study showed that 68% of Catholics and 56% of mainline Protestants were found to hold this belief compared to 21% of evangelicals. The Bible says in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I don't care what society says today, there is only one way to heaven— 
through faith in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is not a way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody can get into heaven without faith in him. That will wrap up this edition of Headlines from the End Times. For Dr. Larry Spargimino, this is James Collins, leaving you with the words of the Apostle Paul, who said in Ephesians 5, 15, and 16, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. If you're looking for more headlines from the End Times type information, then make sure you subscribe to the Prophecy in the News magazine. Inside this month's edition, James Collins answers the question, Is America in Bible Prophecy? Pastor Larry Spargimino offers perspectives on indoctrination and cancellation. Jeff Kinley looks at the end of America. The promise of freedom is shared by Larry Stamm, and there's also the inspiration of prayers and presidents from Bill Federer. Subscribe today to the Prophecy in the News magazine and receive a print and online version of the magazine and a subscription to our streaming platform, FaithNet TV. Subscribe today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also subscribe to the Prophecy in the News magazine on our website, swrc.com. Author Greg Patton is ready to share three stories about truck drivers, megachurches, and seniors. Several different thoughts on living in today's world, on soul winning, the size of your church, and last but not least, a message for seniors in our audience today. I'm there with you. But first up, for some reason, I have always attracted truck drivers. Our church, then as now, we have several in our congregation. As I've traveled around the country and on my Facebook page, there they are, truck drivers. I guess it just kind of happens. One is here in southern Indiana, a good friend of mine. I know his sister who lives here in Fort Wayne, and we get back and forth, and he shared this recently. He's a good one, by the way, in that he's always sharing Jesus Christ no matter where he is. He is really gifted in talking to people about the Lord. So here's two of his stories. He said that he was able to share Jesus Christ with two people today. He's always on the street, holding signs, passing out tracts. He is a real soul winner, this guy. So back to these two. One was a stranger, the other man I've known for 10 years or so. Somewhat a friendly guy. I was walking to my car to come home, and this guy was leaving the shop and uh, stopped to just talk a few minutes. He had his mask on and quickly proceeded to tell me that the place he works for is for sale. No business, and he hopes to find work very soon. He was paid cash today to run a few errands for this guy. Hasn't worked since March 15th. He asked my opinion on the coronavirus, and before I could say anything, he started, This is the end of the world. It's end times, my friend. Pestilence, famine, wars everywhere. The Bible says all of this is going to happen. Armageddon. I said, If you think so, brother, you better make sure that you've trusted Jesus Christ to save you. You know what he did? He blew me off and laughed. This man laughed. How can a guy tell me a handful of events out of the Bible, even tell me that the Bible says this or that, yet when I tell him to trust Jesus, he laughs? Isn't that sad? Terrible? I was sure he was going to tell me about his conversion or that he had trusted Jesus recently. Nope, he just laughed. Conversation came to a quick close and bumped elbows and said, good knowing you. 
Hope to see you again someday. Really? You hope to see me again? That just happened. My prayer every morning is, Lord, make me the light to other people, and I will shine on them. Shine your love and your words twice today, and both times it was rejected. Will I stop? No way am I going to stop. Will I tell the story more and more and more? Yes. What hurts at times is people know all about the Bible, know all about Jesus, but will not accept him for salvation. My friend said this breaks his heart. Can't imagine how it hurts God. How about you? Have you trusted Jesus? Has a time come in your life where you realize that you were indeed a sinner and you accepted Jesus after asking forgiveness of your sin? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Nothing more important today than trusting Christ as Savior. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's you. That's today. Today's the day of salvation. So why not today ask God to forgive you of your sins and invite Jesus Christ into your life? So from winning souls to the size of your church, do you go to a big church? They're called mega churches. Do you go to a small church? What, under 50? Under a dozen? The small church, the big church, there's always a thought there. One seems to be always picking on the other. I was talking this week to Dr. Ken Copley, former pastor. He was friends with Jack Hiles. He used to have a big church in Hammond, Indiana. I guess the two of them had lunch every now and then. Copley had a small church. What, Hiles had thousands going to his. He said, yeah, we really appreciate the small church here in Hammond because we have some place to send our disgruntled people. Oh, boy. I think you need to see how prone some people are to accuse and question anything that they don't like in life. We're bad at that. The larger a church, the more capacity and manpower and resources they have to do, and the smaller churches can't do that. They're just not able to do that because of their size. Because God is a big God does not make him necessarily a stingy God or a greedy God, and neither does it mean that his people are that way. You paint with a mighty wide brush when you try and paint everyone in the same category. My observation over a period of time is that many more people are often slighted or ignored by small churches than they are by the large ones. The larger churches did not get large for no reason at all. Count me a friend of everyone who is doing the work of Jesus Christ today, whoever, wherever, whatever size you are, large, small, or in between, whether they have their flaws or not, let him that is without sin go ahead and cast that first stone. And ultimately, those who are out there casting stones don't see any wrong in and of themselves. We're guilty trying to make everyone else look smaller by cutting them down and trying to make them appear small. Something to think about today? Well, I was talking to an old girlfriend last night. I think when we were dating, I was six. I do remember that she crushed that dime store ring I got with a hammer when we broke up. Yeah, Claire, been around and been a family friend now for a long time, and she kind of keeps up with our class of 1965, people who have passed away, lost my neighbor and good friend recently. Well, anyway, at this point, Claire took off a little bit upset. She was complaining. What's wrong with people today? It's so different, isn't it, Greg? Oh, yeah, it really is. Claire was always that gal in the teenage years and adulthood who wanted to keep everything together and 
She's just disappointed, like our class of 1965 hasn't stayed together. We don't know what one another's doing and how many of us are still alive, things like that. And a big discouragement to her that all of that has gone to the wayside. Life is not the way it used to be, even a few years ago. I think that's true. Like what, Lear? Well, she said, I have everything I ever wanted as a teenager now. Only it's 60 years later. I don't have to go to school or work. I get an allowance every month. I have my own pad. I don't have a curfew. I have a driver's license and my own car. The people I hang around with are, are not scared of getting pregnant, and I don't have acne anymore. Life is great. I changed my car horn to gunshot sounds. People get out of the way much faster today. Gone are the days when girls used to cook like their mamas. Now, they drink like their fathers. I didn't make it to the gym today. That makes five years in a row now. I decided to stop calling the bathroom John and renamed it Jim. I feel so much better saying that I went to the gym this morning. Old age is coming at a really bad time for me, though. When I was a child, I thought nap time was a punishment. Now it feels like a mini-vacation. The biggest lie I tell myself is I don't have to write that down. I'll remember it. I don't have gray hair. I have what's called wisdom highlights. I'm just very wise. If God wanted me to touch my toes, he would have put them on my knees. Last year, I joined a support group for procrastinators. We haven't met yet, of course. Why do I have to press one for English when you're just going to transfer me to someone that I can't understand anyway? I don't understand that one at all. Of course, I talk to myself a lot, too. Sometimes I need expert advice in life. A lot of people say to me, you know, you're really lucky. And exactly what does that mean? It means sometimes walking into a room and remembering what I came in there for. I have more friends than I should, but right now I, I can't remember their names. So I'm wondering, she put this on Facebook, did I send this to you or did you send this to me? You know what, my friend? As we live in today's world, it's coming to a close. I believe Jesus is coming soon. Memories, we've got them. But the thing that is really important or should be in your life today is, what have I done with Jesus? And if I die today, where would I go? Heaven or hell? The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is the most important thing in the world now, that you've trusted Christ as Savior, and you have the assurance of your salvation. You know you're going to heaven. So many different kinds of stories living in today's world. We've just shared a few today. God bless. The book Living in Today's World by Greg Patton is our featured resource today. Living in Today's World contains stories of faith, inspiration, and encouragement. Order your copy of Greg Patton's book, Living in Today's World, when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. 
And don't be left out of this month's amazing Prophecy in the News magazine. Start your subscription today when you call 1-800-652-1144 or by visiting swrc.com. Tomorrow, we examine the signs of the end of the age with J.R. Church. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.